sensitive topic because I don't hear anybody else talking about it. So I figured, what the hell, based on that terminology, let's talk about church. <laughs> so I could say that. Great start. <laughs> it's a great start. It's a, it's, I'm working. I can see how this is going to go. All right. So let's talk about church. Okay. So let me just say, when I went downstairs, we're at Bella Kalina today. I went downstairs. I'm on the fourth floor. We went, I went downstairs <laughs> and it's a freaking madhouse. He joined us. It's an organized Normal people on the lower level. <laughs> I'm I, gonna say when I walked in, I didn't know where to go. So I was like, today. I'm just gonna go upstairs. I mean, I went downstairs, and then somebody was standing right outside the elevator. So I'm like, excuse me, kind of walked past them, and then I walked over to what Aaron's office. I thought that it was ALS photography sitting in the damn chair. Instead, it was, it was a, a bride was that a, was she was or somebody, and she oh, was man. doing the whole tour. presentation with. So then I pretended like I was going into a cabinet sorry excuse me and then I went into the bridal quarters to uh, urinate and then I come out and I find another bride just standing right in front of me and I said okay hi how are Let's you? Let's preface and, that there is a restroom in the bridal quarters yes. okay? <laughs> with no brides in them. No, no brides in real. And then I walk out of the bridal quarters and to my right I have a day of interviews going on in the uh, dining room area and Brian Anthony is over there with another couple. I look in the kitchen and we have, I think it was Giada's um, mm -hmm. in the kitchen doing a tasting. Yep. I look toward the hallway area and I'm seeing Kara walk another couple around for a tour. Um, 45 day final. Uh, okay, 45 day final. <laughs> and then I heard glass break downstairs and then Kara's like, what the hell was the that? Did you hear that? The and then forest. we both go downstairs and, and Diana from Soft Touch Flowers is picking up a face or something that she, it was just a really busy day. I mean, it was a it's lot. just a typical Wednesday here at the mansion. <laughs> and then I think, I say, you know, this is the way how it was way back when, if you will. Let's go to like 20th century. But this is the way it was in church. It was always busy. Like there was always something going on at church. And now, and I've visited a lot of churches, as we know, over the past year and year and a half. And, um, you know, now you go to a church and the doors are locked and you have to ring a buzzer to be able to get in. And usually there's an admin person there and the pastor is there. And there's not a lot going on during the week. There's just not a ton there, but it should be. And, you know, part of this podcast is saying that what was happening in churches... 20 plus years ago is now happening at venues well popular venues and at happening all throughout the day and all throughout the week it's not just a weekend people think venues and they think it's only busy on the weekend and the people during the week do absolutely nothing <laughs> and that's probably true if you don't have a not, if you have an if you're not working with an all-inclusive venue and all they do is like that verbo turn the key to the, the lock on saturday morning and let the people in and they all kind of do their own thing but if you're dealing with an all-inclusive venue it is freaking busy all throughout the week. Mm -hmm. So let's talk church. Church is good. We <laughs> church go to church? Is good. Church is good. Mm -hmm. So 
I wish more people would go to establish a moral compass. I feel like, (laughs) I I obviously feel like churches should be as busy as we are, and churches can be as busy as we are. Now think about it. The average age group that was walking throughout the whole house today, I mean, everybody was fairly young. There was not a lot of gray hair. There was just a lot of younger people doing a lot of stuff all throughout the mansion. And when you go to church, unfortunately now when I go to church, I think of, I hesitated because I lied, I'm not really going to church unless it's to like visit them to talk about boss, but what? I'm raising hell. All right, so so now whenever we go to church, instead of it being so quiet, we should see all this activity at church. So, some facts. Look, Aaron's being quiet because he's like, I'm going to defend the church. No, I'm just interested to see which direction this is going to go. I'm cool with it. Far away. Defend away. So far, it's been south. You know what? I have personally sat down with about 50 pastors, over 50 pastors, when we were vetting churches to sign up for Boss to get them more involved with the wedding industry. And I can tell you that the general consensus out there is we just don't want to. I, I agree. I remember mm-hmm. when you were talking to all the pastors, and I don't think they wanted to. I mean, a I spent a ton of time just going out, interviewing, talking, just collaborating. And it's just, I mean, and I get it. Look, over 20 years ago at this point, most people were being married at the church. The percentage was 80 plus, if you will. And now it's more like 80 plus is not being married at the church. They're being married at an outdoor venue. Now, who are we to complain, right? We have a bunch of venues. But... At the same time, we do have to think about the church because there's a reason why people go to church. Um, Well, there's a ton of reasons why people go to church, but I truly believe when you are part of that environment, your moral compass is definitely more straight, pointing north. We're good with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You are collaborating with a bunch of other people um, who want to see you, well, for the most part, I know there's a bunch of in the church, but you're surrounded by a bunch of people and the goal of going there is to hear somebody um, speak that somehow motivates you or at least gets you thinking about something in life that it resonates with you where you can take something away from the topic. We good with that? Yes? No? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gonna get an argument? We concur. No arguments here. So, and with the church, we have a family which is nice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we go, we feel comfortable, we see people, we kiss, we hug, we handshake, we fist bump, and we just feel good while we're there because we're socializing and we're going there for all the right reasons, right? Most of us, any which way. I don't don't kiss anybody at church, but... Yeah, I don't either. You don't kiss on the cheek? No. Well, you're not Italian. (laughs) That's fine. But there's... We're also not 80 years old. (laughs) It's a good environment. Can we agree on that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, for the most part, right? Yeah. And there's a ton of churches out there. The negative is, is we also have, I can't remember the exact number this year, but um, it's somewhere between five to 10,000 churches are closing per year Mm -hmm. in the United States. And that's a tough topic because you have to wonder why they're closing, right? I mean, what's what's the reason for this? Attendance, Attendance is down. And the big thing to look at with church, now there's two different types of churches in my mind. It's the, you have the church that's more like a basketball arena. I hate saying that, but it's more like... 
a big open room. Yeah, it's not not, not the stained glass windows. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's not something you think about when you think Catholic church. Yeah, or right. Baptist yeah. church or something like that. You know, it's 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 a different or even Methodist church. I mean, it, they they have those buildings that we can all kind of put in our head as that's church, right? Mm-hmm. But over the last 10 years, we've seen an evolution of buildings that have come up um, that simply aren't that standard church look that a lot of people are attracted to. Mm -hmm. We good so far? We're on Mm -hmm. the same page? Mm -hmm. All right. So, but, and I don't know as much about those churches. I'm not as familiar, but I feel like two people in the room, two people in the room are today. And... I can relate to the other <laughs> church, the one who has the stained glass windows and all of the pretty architecture and all the other wonderful stuff, that when you are in the back of the church and you're looking forward at the person that's giving their word, uh, that's, that's preaching, if you will, as you're looking at the back of a lot of those heads, you see a lot of gray. There's just a lot of gray heads. In the stained glass, yes. In, 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 huh? What? The, the stained glass church. Stained like the, glass. The, in the stained glass church, yes. Okay. The older, like, stereotypical-looking church. Yes. yes. I okay. mean, there's a lot of older people in attendance, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of newer, younger people, if you will, in attendance, mm-hmm. right? Now, I think, do you, does your church, is it more of the stained glass architectural? Okay, so I'm talking to Kristen, of course. So um, I know Aaron's, but tell me whenever you're in your churches, the two of you, what do you typically see? What is the average age group? So I will, I will just start out by saying I was raised in a stained glass church, but that's not the church that I go to now. Mm-hmm. So the present church that I go to, it's a good combination of both, young and old. Without the stained glass? Without the stained glass. Okay, so what's the average age group, would you say? Give me like a five-year group, like average group. Average? Average. I would say the average would be around 40. Okay, that's fine. And then Aaron? The average? Yeah, I was going to go with a 20-year average. Uh, that's what I was like. I would say, between, you know, if I'm going to go 20, I'm going to go 30 to 50. Yeah. And the, then you land on 40, but... That's kind of the average, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm glad you went with the 20 year okay. it, It's very, like, I mean, like, I hate to like be like, there are people sure my age. You argue with me all the damn time. No, <laughs> it's people I mean, like... I don't want to find you right, I'm going to go 20. I'm still going to end up then. in the same damn thing. Okay, cool, thanks fine. for asking. Uh-huh. All right, so, jeez. All right, so, I can't even. All right, so we agree that the average age, let's say, is around 40 in those type of churches. Uh, we're going to say non-denominational, more contemporary churches? Mine is Baptist. God bless. Mine, right. mine is non-denominational. All right. And then we can see that in the older stained glass architectural type of buildings, we have a lot of older people, right? Mm-hmm. But for weddings, I don't know how many are going to want to be part of the churches that you two are attending now. Does that make sense? Say for, that one more time. For like aesthetics? Yeah. Or, for okay. pictures. I, I would agree. You know, I the, mean, the you... church I go to, it's pretty, but it's... I mean, your stained glass windows and all that are much prettier. a lot prettier. Yeah. You know? So 
those yeah. older churches, if you will, those are the ones where the pictures are, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on those just for this topic, okay? Because we can go all day thinking about different topics. But just for this topic, we're going to go with the older churches, stained glass windows, the pews, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And those churches, unfortunately, are filled up with a bunch of older people. And on the council, there's typically an older person that is running the show, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm saying that I have easily interviewed over 50 pastors of these type of churches. And with that, I know that when I was a kid, and I grew up up north, of course, and I grew up Catholic, but when, when I was a kid, and I'm saying around 15, 16, I had no problem being able to go to the church and sitting in the door, I just opened the door, which is unheard of today. Mm -hmm. I just opened the door. It's a strange concept. And I went into the church and I sat in a pew and I just looked around at the architecture, which I absolutely loved. And I just sat there and I gathered my thoughts. And somehow I felt that there was a presence around me. And if I was talking, it was being heard. That was me when I was 15, 16, right? Mm -hmm. So today's day and age, you can't do that. Like, if you go up to a church, any of the older, again, stained glass windows, historical or, you know, architectural type of buildings, when we go into those, up to that building and we try to open up the door, it's met with a locked door. Unless it's like Sunday during service. Yeah. Unless it's Sunday during service, yeah. So yeah. it's met, but let's talk about that too. Not only is it met with a locked door, but I personally, and I'm just speaking for the masses, of course, but I, I think if I didn't know anybody in that church and I was new to a neighborhood and I wanted to go to that church, I would feel uncomfortable walking up to that church. I feel like I'm being judged. I just don't feel comfortable because I don't know anybody there, and I feel like it's turned into the, the club, if that makes sense. You're saying you feel like that now? I feel like okay. that now, yeah. I mean, if I were to end up in a neighborhood or just randomly drive up to a pretty architectural, you know, again, stained glass church, and they were about to have service on the little marquee outside, it says service starts at 11 o'clock, welcome all. And then I'm like, cool. And I go to walk into the door. I feel like at that point, all eyes are on me. And I certainly don't feel comfortable like I did before, if that makes sense. So I will say that's probably, if you go to the older stained glass churches, like the church that I came from, um, but it's very similar to where I go to now when I lived in uh, Greensboro, they, their original building is the stained glass church. However, they have built on uh, to the backside of it, and that's the building that they're more in now. Um, when you go somewhere new, and I think anybody can relate, when you're somewhere new, you're automatically going to feel slightly judged because you don't know anybody. Sure. Anywhere you go, whether it's, you know, a uh, public place or um, church or whatever the, the case may be. But I feel like the, um, the mindset of the people in the church and how they are interpersonally with people um, like the church I go to now, the one I was going to in Greensboro, very friendly atmosphere when you are met at the door. Some churches don't have people that meet you at the door. Some churches do. I've been in churches personally that I've attended where I, even though I was going there, I didn't really feel welcome. Um, so every church's dynamic is different. So it's important if you are going to go to a church to find one that you're comfortable with. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, and that comfortableness, if you will, it has to progress over time. Yes. So, I mean, I just don't see it happening right away, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. the smaller, the I mean, and again, like Aaron's church, um, and don't name the church, of course, but how many people would you say that that church brings in on a weekend? Um, there's two services. Um, usually the 11 o'clock is bigger. Mm -hmm. Um Shoot, man, I don't know. Thousand. Well, I don't know the church that you go to, and it's pretty big. It's big. Mm -hmm. you know? Let's say based on the traffic, a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never drive by that church on a Sunday, um, or even a Wednesday. Yeah, mm -hmm. they do Wednesday services too. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I, well, that's okay. So easily a thousand. Easily a thousand. All right. Yes. So the stained glass window architectural church, if you will, probably two hundred and fifty fit in there. Max. Max. You know, they, I mean, it's it not all the church. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of them are again, smaller. I've seen some that can do a little bit more, but I would think that the average would probably be 250. It's not a huge church, um, but that's the church that the pictures look really, really good in, mm -hmm. right? So that's why I'm kind of focusing on that church. But I would love for more weddings to take place at churches. But when I'm met at with, again, over 50 pastors that have all said the same thing, we don't really care if we do weddings or not. But I don't know how many are putting together the fact that with attendance being down over the last 20 years and weddings also going away out of churches over the last 20 years, at what point is somebody going to make that correlation that there's a commonality between the two? You know what I feel like churches are doing now? Nobody's ever talking. No, why aren't you guys talking? I'm talking. So, well, you know what I, I think that with, I, I think churches are in cahoots with funeral parlors. That's what I think. They're parlors. Funeral um, parlors. Funeral homes. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like they have great relationships with funeral homes and they've lost all of the relationships with weddings or most of the relationships with weddings. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, you just don't see as many church weddings. Anymore. I mean, I feel like churches, they had a way to be able to create income again, up to the 21st century. They had a way to be able to create income. And that income was created through attendance, members, and then members passing, of course, and leaving inheritances. But now it's basically just the membership, the congregation, if you will, is much less than what it was. Membership is, memberships are, they're down. They're down pretty hard. And the church is still relying on those older people passing away and leaving money to the church whenever that happens. But think about that. And the church is mine. We're literally, we're, we're waiting for people to pass. That's sad. To create That's more income. Sad. Versus establishing new hope. Because when I think about all the people I saw downstairs, the, the, the age group that was down there, imagine if that age group was in church. Church now becomes more relatable to that age group. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. It's we're trying to bring boss into churches, so this way the church can now relate more to the millennial um, and hopefully soon the alpha um, things along that nature. But church attendance is down 20 percent. That's no that's no surprise um, over the last 20 years. Define for me the alpha generation. Is that like my kids are alphas? So your yes. kids are definitely alphas. You alpha generation needs to know. My kids are five. They're, it's anybody born after 2010. Okay. 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 That's alpha. 
You but skipped my what's generation. Alpha? Well, I didn't skip it. I just didn't bring it up yet. See, I'm going to be going through all the generations. Gotcha. Thank you for trying to call me out, okay. though. <laughs> so back to attendance nosediving and me skipping Kara's generation. So, but it's there's... your generation, Kara. Gen Z. Gen Z. Oh, Gen that Z. is what you are. Okay. Yes. Millennial Gen Z. So. And you said Alpha. You skipped us. I didn't skip, but I didn't bring it up. <laughs> So churches dominated the wedding industry over 20 years ago. If you ask your parents, where did they get married? I'm going to go with most of them at the first marriage because, you know, the divorce rate and shit. But I'm going to go with the first marriage was probably in a church. And that's because everybody got married at their going churches. It was 80% of people or more were getting married at churches. And now we're hitting 80% of people or more are not being married in churches. And in essence, it's actually 18% of people last year got married in a church. There was 2,201,772 weddings that took place last year. And of that 2,201,722 weddings that took place last year, only 420,000 roughly got married in a church, which is about 18%. Dang. Hmm. You guys have nothing to talk about. Today. I wanna know why I only got like 120 of those. Okay, well, you can only do 120 of those. <laughs> Shooting for 150, guys. Come see me at Bella Kalina. <laughs> so, boss, I feel, can bring weddings back to church again, and it can also generate about $100,000 a year to the church to keep income constantly coming in. But it goes much bigger than that. It's not just $100,000 in revenue that it can bring the church, it's also the congregation that we can now increase, the membership that we can now increase. You see, when you have a church wedding, the couple is choosing that location to say their I do's, if you will. And then for that day, they're bringing in 100 to 200 people with them into the church and they are getting those people to sit down in those pews. They are listening to that pastor talk about um, whatever that pastor decides to talk about during the um, processional. And in an in a off chance, if there's anybody in that group of 100 to 200 people that are in that church that says, you know, we really should be attending church more often, maybe that's the church they go to. Big picture, doesn't matter if it's that church or not, but at least they go to a church in the future. So by bringing this, this network and in, in creating the church environment for weddings again, it, it constantly increases attendance every single week. I mean, you have people that are Aaron's age um, she's getting up there, and I was waiting for it. Oh, like, she's... Go ahead, tell the world I'm not a spring chicken like you. Well, you said. look like one. Oh, I appreciate that, Kristen. Mm -hmm. So do you? Because oh, we're the same age. We're six know? months apart. Yes. <laughs> but you are bringing your children to church. Joe's one to talk. So just one at the table. Back fine. to church. Back to church. <laughs> I do bring my kids to church. Yes. Why? You know, I. I want them to be able to make that decision on their own. Um, my husband and I enjoy the church that we go to. Um, I'm trying to think, you know what? We didn't start going to that church until the kids were born, but he was raised at going to church as a kid. Um, I didn't, I wasn't. So it was always a little more important to him. I mean, I guess I was until I moved to North Carolina, but we moved to North Carolina when I was seven. So, um, it, it was important to him. We had heard good things about the church we go to, so 
we went, the kids loved it because they've got a great kids program. And if they're happy, I'm happy. And we've been very happy with the, the church we go to. So yeah, mainly you, you so still that, tell us why. I know I was like in a roundabout <laughs> way, I did not answer that question. Um, why? I, I do believe church helps establish a moral compass. Um, there's, there's a networking there. Everybody's there for a similar reason. Everybody is always happy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the church I go to has made the word very relatable um, to everyday scenarios. Because I know sometimes when you're just reading straight from the Bible, it can be very hard to relate to. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you're not alone, just so we're on the same page here. Yeah. 38 to 45% of the same people in your age group are doing it for the exact same reason. It's for the kids. Yeah, I want them to be able to just decide and be around that. It's a very positive environment. So do um, you feel... If you did not have children at the same age that you are right now, you would still be going every weekend. I, you know, yeah, we um, we had heard really good things about that church in particular. So I feel like one way or another, we would have found our way there. We had tried out other churches before we ever had kids that we didn't go back to. Do you feel like you'd be as committed? Or if there was a huge party going on on that Sunday and you really wanted to attend, you would choose Who your parties party. on Sunday? Everybody. Um. <laughs> um, we have a lot of weddings on Sunday. Thank you. Okay, fine. Um, would I be as committed? Um, I think what made me more committed was my husband. So mm-hmm. if, if he was, yeah. Okay. It's important to him. Um, so it was important to me. And it's become important to both of us. So I it's hard to say, but I, I feel like I would, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, and again, people are in your same age group are bringing, are bringing their kids to church and trying to do the right thing. The number is just a lot less than it was in the 20th century. Oh yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the main problem that here. So it's how do we make church fact. more relatable? How do we, so, and you know, again, myself, I, I have tried and I feel like a stranger whenever I walk through the doors. I feel like a stranger when I'm parking the car and about to walk through the doors. I feel like there's nobody there that I know where if I attended a wedding there, I would at least have some common ground to walk back into that church. And more than likely, I would probably run into the couple or other people that attended the wedding that decided to do the same thing as myself, which is, hey, I need to go. Let's go. This one works. It's pretty. We've seen the inside. Works well. Um, but then we have the other problem, which is currently in church, when we look at who's actually attending church and we would go to the back, we see a lot of gray hairs. How about your church? Oh, your church isn't that conventional church. We talked about that. It's not that stained glass old architectural building. You have more of that gymnasium type church, right? No, no. Come on, it's not a gymnasium. It's a very beautiful. I mean, they play basketball. It's a beautiful building. It's very beautiful. I've been there. Um, Our church has got a new a new build. Um, It is a new newer building. It does have the really high ceilings, um, but it's not when you think like the beautiful like. The Catholic churches are known for having the huge stained glass windows in the chapels, and no, it's it's not like that. But um, it's definitely one up from a gymnasium. Great. Um, Great If you've ever been to a really nice auditorium, (laughs) which is not a gymnasium, (laughs) 
when I think gymnasium, no. I think my kids' PE class Why? in the elementary Why? school. Because that's what that is. Mm -hmm. It's a gymnasium. Hmm. That's what, what do you think of when you say gym? gym? Like a really nice auditorium. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, Have you ever been to um, the Tanger Center downtown? It's a very nice auditorium. It is a very nice auditorium. <laughs> and that's what I would compare the church I go to, to. Interesting. Tanger? Anybody? Anyone in there? Yes, I've been there. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then, Kristen, <laughs> your church, would you compare it more to the really nice auditorium or more to the uh, stained glass architecture? So, I was raised in the stained glass architecture. However, the church I go to now is more of the modern auditorium. More with the band set up and everything? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's, I'm assuming yours is more with the band set up? Yes. Okay. There's a lot of so, music and it's loud. And I do feel that... <laughs> but it's my kind of music. <laughs> loud music, yes. See, when we go to pewresearch.com and we try to get all these numbers, the problem that we have is that they're giving us statistics of overall churches, if you will. Mm -hmm. I bet I would bet on it, even though betting is like sinning and shit, right? So like, but I would bet on it that <laughs> if we were to find out the numbers, I would bet that a lot of people within your same age group are attending more churches like that versus the stained glass windows, architectural type buildings. I would because of the music. Agree. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I would imagine, I, I can't speak to your church, Christings have never been, but is your word a little more relatable yeah. to like here and now mm -hmm. versus like you know, let's not focus on all the things we could do wrong and have done wrong and where you're going for it. Because some of yes. those, those older architecture buildings, like That's I don't want to leave here feeling bad for maybe living the, mm -hmm. living a life the way that I'm I did saying. or I do or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's more negative. It is, it is negative. And that's, yeah. I always leave church feeling good. Yes. But I think. As you should. Mm -hmm. I feel but I feel down. that the six to 10,000 a year, six to 10,000 churches a year that are closing are those architectural stained glass windows churches. Because mm -hmm. I see a ridiculous amount of the other churches being built. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're building them left yeah. and right. So yours was freshly built there, and I remember yeah. watching it getting built, and they put it up really fast. But, mm -hmm. you know, you have those that are going up, and you have the other ones that are closing down. But let's face it, for wedding photos, we want the other ones. Right. Not the really nice auditorium. <laughs> you know, I was, um, I was thinking about what you said in the beginning, Joe, is like, how busy we we are here today a venue not a church um i i can speak on behalf of my own church because i get all their bulletins and the notifications of what they do during the week mm -hmm. they are really busy during the week not with weddings but Same. different kinds of events but i feel i definitely agree with you that your older architectural stained glass chapels mm -hmm. are not not busy no mm -hmm. um sometimes those locations are going to be the ones that have like your preschools and stuff yeah. like that in mm -hmm. them but that's that's a different kind of busy that's not the church isn't busy right right, the right, 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 right. the preschool, the, the preschool is, is busy but not the church itself but the church should be busy mm -hmm. like I we agree. should always have activity in every area mm -hmm. this should just like what we saw downstairs when i went walking around right Couldn't i get feel like if you headed towards maybe one of our churches today what well, today's wednesday mm -hmm. i can guarantee you there's something going on but you also don't want to go take your wedding photos there maybe you'll have the pastor come here and officiate the service but to back to what you were saying is like well why isn't why aren't the pretty chapels busy hustling and bustling like well is it the pastors <laughs> what is it is it the way how they the way how they speak is it what tell me why do you think is it just the music i think it's the the, the people who have the influence who make those decisions 
So like we discussed before, you can have a pastor who has a vision, mm-hmm. but if the people who actually make and enforce those decisions are not behind the vision on the board, it's not yeah. going to move. It's not moving. And I think going back to what y'all said, it's kind of negative when you leave mm-hmm. those churches. I mean, I would agree. The, the music and the environment is a lot more positive and a lot mm-hmm. easier to mm-hmm. want to go to, whereas you leave that feeling a little negative. Mm-hmm. A while back, it was pre-COVID, Joe and I went to a church to talk about boss and bounce ideas off. Um, that was rough. That was so rough. <laughs> and I didn't actually remember that we did that until he brought it up. And I was like, I think I intentionally blocked that out of my brain because it was so bad. Uh, the pastor was the one that was open to the vision, open to the conversation. He wanted weddings back in the church. And he, and he invited Joe and I to, to the board meeting. And I didn't say a word. <laughs> I let Joe do all those talking. Those women, they were just the grumpy old ladies who were probably donating their millions uh, as soon as they die. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which the church counts on. The church needs. And I, I don't disagree that that's So they be. have to listen. Yeah. Which creates more of that club environment, if you will, because they're not wanting to let new people in. Yeah. Is the no, main problem. She, they were not having any kind of change. But my thing is, why can't we have one of the pastors to, to like stand the ground and be like, no. Can't you vote because people on board? Yeah. Think about this. <laughs> you if you're a pastor in North Carolina, you're making between thirty-five dollars to $55,000 a year. Within that thirty-five dollars to $55,000 a year that you're making in North Carolina as a pastor for that church, that money is coming from those people who die. I would happily not take their money and have another job than to sit there and have somebody tell me what I can and cannot do. I mean, that you, are need, die with it, you, you know? need their money when they pass away and they want to give that money to the church. We need that money to keep that church alive. And they know that. So they're fighting an uphill, vat, uh, uphill battle right now, which they'll probably fight for the next 20 years, mm-hmm. which is... I know I need that money, and I know that money's been committed to us, but at the same time, I don't agree with their way that they want the church, the direction they want the church to go. That's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't go their way, and they decide to go to another church, so does their money. Yeah. And then what mm-hmm. happens to the church? Your, your, your effort was pointless at that point. That's a tough, that's a tough fight. Very Where good. if you know if you just humor them enough... They gonna pass, and then you gonna get that money. We might yeah. help them pass a little faster, but you know, we could go to more board meetings and stress them yes. out. <laughs> Let's see what that and people does. try to say that the world is in better, is in worse shape today than it was, let's say, 20, 30 years ago. That's actually wrong. It's it's completely wrong. Now, what about morally? Morally, I think it's in morally, a worse place. I think but people aren't going to church. If we're gonna talk about violent crime. We're not in a worse place. So violent crime, and I know people are attending less church, if you will, but as far as using the FBI numbers, the violent crime rate fell 51% between 1993 and 2018. We could talk about how those numbers are probably skewed. Why? Um, just because I'm theory. We're going to go down the rabbit hole. We're not going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> fine. We'll see okay, fine. Let's just talk about t- from 2020 to 2021, the year of COVID, right? The the violent crime rate still lowered 1%. Well, yeah, everybody's stuck in their house. Mm, No, no, no. Imagine, remember all of the shops that were getting broken to? That was not COVID related. Oh my ass. Everything was (laughs) shut down. Shops were boarded up and people were running into shops trying to steal stuff. 
I know where you're going because with it, of but COVID? it wasn't just that. It was also COVID. It's when everything was shut down and all those shops were just unattended and people were breaking in trying to steal stuff. Well, there are a bunch of riots going on over in, uh, up in PA. You guys see that? But I did. still down no. 1%. <laughs> Everybody get you an errand. <laughs> get you a conspiracy theory. guys in the know, all right? <laughs> So is the world better off today than it was, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 I, years ago? I think part of the problem that that I I think I'll argue it, it's not necessarily because it is or isn't true. It's that we see more of it. Well, um, we see a lot more of it because exactly, of social media. Social media and, and like how big that is now versus how big it was then. Um, it's just plastered in our face. You know, me and my mom talked about it the other day, talking about how when I was like 12, rollerblading around the neighborhood till midnight, because mm -hmm. that's just what we did. Half the time you didn't know where your kid was, but eventually they came <laughs> home. Whereas now, it's not that kids weren't being kidnapped then, we just didn't hear about it, mm -hmm. right? You know, it, well, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Instagram, we had Amber Alert, but how long did it take you to get it? You didn't get right. it to your cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, that's what me and Luke were talking about the other night. He came up to me and he said, Mom, what was it like in the 80s? I was like, okay, let me clarify. I grew I up in the really 90s. Remember that. Um, I grew up in the 90s. But yes, um, my parents did let me, you know, wander off in the woods with yeah. my brothers and sisters, and we would come back hours later. Eventually, we'd show I back. Do not, <laughs> do not let him do that. He doesn't go yeah. where I can't see him. Neither do my kids. But is it because we know so much of what is actually happening? You don't think our parents knew? Jeffrey Dahmer was during the 90s, was he not? I, yeah. I believe he was. Yeah. He was what if he had three. snatched us up and stuck us in a freezer and eat, oh, eat geez. us later? Wow. <laughs> she went there. <laughs> I mean, that was during the 90s. Were our parents not worried about us? So we're comparing so we, one person to the entire country. Who was the other one? Ted Bundy. He was also during the 90s. Okay. But they're not the only ones. I, I see where she's Again, going with it. Again, not kids. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer. What did Jeffrey Dahmer do? That was like the twelve-year-old. Oh. That was his specialty. That was, and they were boys, though. So, yeah, I guess I was safe because. Okay, boy. your kids are young, right? <laughs> yes. That's not the reason. I don't think. I don't think my mom let me run around at five. Which you might have. I don't know. Maybe oh, the world was safer then. <laughs> Was but it? was it safer? That's I the whole know. point. It wasn't. I mean, I guess too. It just depends on like. I I feel. Growing up, like in the neighborhood that I grew up, is very small because I grew up across from a dairy farm. I did too. So <laughs> yes. So I feel like like all the people that worked at the dairy farm knew our family, yeah. and like my parents, if they didn't know where we were, they knew they could call them. Like, hey, have you seen my kids? Yeah. You know, it was like a community. Yeah. Feel where have now we it's lost not really the community. Is that uh, what we, we have doing? we have next yes. door. What we have next door. I'm not on that. Nobody uses lies. I'm not on next door. I believe you are, but I'm not. I don't think <laughs> my neighborhood is either. Uh, what's next door? Oh, the God. next door is an app. app. Most neighborhoods are on it. I don't think mine is. So <laughs> my neighborhood is stuck in the '80s. <laughs> I uh, my mom's neighborhood is on it, and they have had a lot of crime. Okay, I know Aaron's neighborhood is on it because I've seen the post from Aaron's neighborhood on it. So well, you may not be on it. But I know that your neighbors are on it, and they all post. The Stafford House is not on it. And you know what else they post? They post all of their ring doorbell pictures of people driving by and freaky people sure? in the neighborhood. Freaking? I am Do I need to get you, on that app? It, no, you, you definitely don't need to get on wow. it. It's a conspiracy theory, yes. I but, have a ring. Okay, I can post some pictures, too. <laughs> I need to get a ring. Just... Don't come ring my doorbell. It'll take your picture. We are getting off topic. Anyway, church. Church. <laughs> 
So the, the church showed up in my house and rang my there ring. There we go. They did. Really? They brought my kids signs. They um, rang your ring? They rang my ring doorbell. <laughs> and I connected the from ring. Bella and I talked to them. I was like, hello, how can I help you? Um, I'm did like the old lady English hello. voice? Yes. <laughs> and she brought my kids um, yard signs because they were going to kindergarten. And I was like, well, that is so sweet. And like the whole staff and everybody signed it and stuff. Super cute, super sweet. But I'm not putting those in my yard because now everybody would know that I have two kindergartners. Yes. And that screams, come take my kids. Come take my kids. No, so the same boat. they're actually on their wall in their room. <laughs> That's still cute. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by none other than Center. The benefit of the church and having ceremonies at the church is that we are bringing people into the church. Somebody like myself that would feel uncomfortable going to any particular church because one, I don't know anybody. Two, I feel like I'm being judged. I'm, I'm six foot four. I stand out of a crowd. I can pretty much see everybody. I'm a pretty decent big guy. And I see what people are seeing with me, if you will. But when I'm being, if I'm being invited to a wedding, I do feel comfortable. Because what you two have developed already over time, and that comfortability, if you will, I instantly have if I'm being invited there for a wedding. No, I agree. Because it's you all probably, friends and family. It's friends and yes. family, yeah. So how could know. I not feel comfortable walking through those doors? How could I not feel comfortable inside? It's like it's an instant level of comfort there because of the wedding. But now it comes down to what is the church's retention rate? Can they hold on to some of the people that are there that came for that wedding? Mm-hmm. And how many people can they hold on to? I think I think part of that, though, what the church could run into would be, so if you're there for a wedding, you're not necessarily preaching the word we'll say like they would have i mean i'm I'm saying yeah a a wedding ceremony could be religious i think it's going to be at the church i agree i think it would be more i would think it would be more religious than it would be you know on the lawn here you're still preaching but um you know the service changes week to week and who's to say i might have loved that wedding it was like so great beautiful place pastor was awesome but his service may not be like that at all or you know and i may have no idea what your actual sunday sermon is like but let's look and maybe that and maybe that in you know where Intrigues they become me to go back yeah, the next week unless i'm not see. local but how many, i think all of us here have had a pastor that showed up to a wedding and we just loved what they said during mm-hmm. the ceremony oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the message was just freaking awesome right great speaker and mm-hmm. and the person who was delivering they did it with passion and you just became like just involved like yeah. mm-hmm. you were just listening to every word you were almost like focused on the lips if you will as it was coming out where you were just you just became so involved with what they were saying that nothing else nothing else around you even mattered that type of word that could happen at the church ceremony would bring more people back to the church Mm-hmm. And it would be pretty cool to be able to have that because there's no doubt that humanity as a whole, I mean, if you look at 20 years of attendance decreasing by a large number to today, I can definitely say that we are in a worse spot today than we were 20 years ago as far as what we're doing. We like people in society. Yes. Yeah. I agree. People, so people are a-holes. If we could, <laughs> if we can get more people involved with the church, how much better would humanity be? 
You know, I, I think mean, at least go in the positive direction. There's no doubt. Uh, yeah, that's not going to hurt. Yeah, that's not going to make it any worse. So the idea of getting weddings back into the church—that's a way to bring people back into the church in a happy environment, if you will, mm-hmm. an area where they don't feel judged or anything else, and they constantly attend. Now let's talk about that couple that's sitting in the group for a wedding. And they're like me, let's say, where they just don't feel comfortable walking up through the doors because they feel like they're being judged. But they attended this particular church for a wedding. They felt unbelievably comfortable. Everybody was awesome. There was lots of hugs and kisses. And we do kiss at weddings. (laughs) And there were lots of hugs and kisses. And everything was wonderful. And then next week, they want to go back. Well, maybe not next week because the couple will be on honeymoon. But the following week, they want to go on back. And guess who's there? The couple's there. Right? Because that's their home. That's where they had their ceremony. Mm-hmm. So they feel extreme. How many of our couples love to come back to Bella just because it's Bella? Because they had their ceremony here. They oh. look for reasons, right? Yeah, they do. So why not look for a reason and still be involved in a positive thing like church, we'll say. So those couples that go and then whoever's in that group, if you will, the, for the ceremony, the friends and family. Now when they go to that church, they instantly have a connection to the church. Oh, yeah, I attended blah, blah, blah's wedding or blah, blah, blah is sitting right across over there in the pew and you can go sit next to them. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to have happen. Now, the reason why a lot of these pastors have said, I don't want to be involved with the church anymore is they never made any money on it. I mean, they just didn't. They charged a $250, $300 You don't want to be involved fee. in weddings anymore. In weddings. What did oh, I say? You said church. Oh, I'm like, sorry. No, the pastors <laughs> do want to be involved in the church. Don't let me stay off topic. <laughs> so the reason why the churches do not want to be involved in weddings anymore, it's kind of like weddings left the church and they were like, I must say it, Kara. Hell yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's the wrong way to think because it really is decreasing attendance. But now the, again, the reason why they didn't want to do it was because there was nothing positive to them. They didn't understand 20 years ago, if they lost weddings, that attendance was going to decrease. And I, I fully believe in this. And if you don't make sure you speak up, but in their minds, they had no idea the correlation that was going to happen. It just kind of happened. Outdoor venues, other venues became really popular. People stopped um, getting married at the church, if you will. And at the same time, attendance dropped. But all they charged was a $250, $300 cleaning fee. And then they had to clean up after all these wonderful people. And that was it. There was there was nothing really there. But now an average church, if they use boss, of course, and we give it to them for free for a year and a half. It's not like we're trying to make money on them. They could make about 50 to 150,000 per year as a church. Mm-hmm. So the, the problem I had when I went pastor to pastor to pastor to pastor at different churches and some were females, some were males. It really didn't make a difference. The, the delivery that I gave was the exact same. The message I received was also the exact same, which was, we just don't want to be involved. I felt like it was a lot more like a club. And the reason why I feel like it's a club in a lot of these churches is it's hard to get through the doors. Even during the week, like I said, when I was 15, 16, I was trying to go in and I just wanted to be in, I just wanted to be surrounded by beauty, be able to look up, think something, talk to myself. And I felt somebody was listening. I can't just walk into a church right now. Most of the times the door is closed and it's locked. Then, you know, so I used to do something similar when I first moved to the triad. So this would have been more recent than when you were 15. So it, I don't even think it was all that long ago. And I mean that nicely. Stop laughing at I'm not calling Joe old. Christine's okay? laughing too. I know. I moved. Okay. So y'all. Stop. I, I moved to the triad in 2010. 
and was going through a really hard time and sought out a local pretty church. And I just walked in and I did the same thing where I just sat there and like you think to yourself and you just want to feel like you do feel like you're being heard even if you're not actually talking to somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. So that wasn't that long ago. So yes to the correlation of 20 years or so, but I mean, that was 13. Mm -hmm. So, but I couldn't do that now. And I think part of that is probably COVID happened. Well, Well, let's look at that because even the statistics right now, I'm on Google to look at it. It says in the four years before the pandemic, 2016 to 2019, an average of 34 U.S. adults said that they had attended church. Pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. In the last seven days. From 2020 to present, the average has been 30%, including 31% uh, in May, we'll say, but roughly 30%. Okay. It's gone down. Yeah. After the pandemic, it it even has gone down even more than what it was before the pandemic. Well, the pandemic did promote like isolation too, and it did too. And you could watch church online. But doesn't mean you're not still. Like during the pandemic, everybody wanted to get out and gather. They wanted what to. What better place to do that than church? Well, they, but there were held still under a down. lot of restrictions. Like, yes. Or you had to like preach in your parking lot. And you had to stay in your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not not to be negative. Um, when did the church shootings really start? Because there were there have been was, quite a few. Oh, you yeah. see now that's all. No no no. And I'm saying I don't blame them for locking their doors. Well, it no, makes it but really I mean, hard when I say into, it's a whole but, different topic, church shootings have always happened. Yeah, social oh, yeah, it's like media brought have always our awareness happened, to it mm-hmm. but like who you know i was a 10 year old running the streets do you know where i'm at i don't know i'll be back whenever i get home I you mean, know like with but the we kidnappings. just didn't hear about it yes but like it, when it relates to you like like going back to the kidnappings for kids you know even choosing a school for luke to go to mm-hmm. i'm very particular about yeah. where like where he goes to school i mean that's why we did homeschool for kindergarten because i knew where he was i knew he was safe nothing would happen to him the same principle applies to um, going to church. I want to make sure wherever we go that I, I feel like I'm going to be safe, yeah. that I know my child is going to be taken care of. Nobody can get to him mm-hmm. without uh, the proper permission. Like they have a check-in and you have to have stickers that match for somebody yep, to be able to pick that. him up, right? Yep. So the whole safety factor. you pull factor, it up on your app, on your phone. Yeah, yep. for the whole family, that whole dynamic is important to me as well when it comes to church. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, t- back to like the negative part of that, like the shootings, nobody was in there thinking that that was going to happen. They right. weren't in bad areas. No. At least the few that I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, right. a lot of that is social media heightening our awareness to it before social media. So people can say, well, 20 years ago, you never really heard about church shootings. You 20 years ago, you didn't really it. have social media. Yeah. The, the difference is now, if something happens in, we're in North Carolina, of course, if something were to happen in Texas, we know about it within three minutes yeah. mm-hmm. of it happening. Where 20 years ago, if something happened in Texas, not so much. And guess what? 20 years before that, not so much, a lot more. It comes down to how much, you know, how much information we have. And right now we have a ridiculous amount of information Mm -hmm. because of social media. Mm -hmm. But each generation, if you look at, you know, who, how, what generation attends church the most, obviously it's going to be our baby boomers, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're the oldest at this point. They're going to attend church the most. And granted, they're trying to shake hands with God because they know it's coming. And I'm okay with that. That's not a bad thing. But they're also, they also bring a lot of income to the church. So when they pass away, they're leaving their inheritance to the church. And we've seen that a ton of times. So when I go in and I'm like, well, look, I can create income for the church. 
The church has a really hard stance because whoever I'm talking to, it could be a younger pastor, it could be you know a mid-aged pastor, it could be an older pastor. As much as they agree that attendance is down at the same time that weddings left the church and they can see the correlation and they would love to be able to do it, you know, do a test and see if we can bring back up attendance over the next 24, 24 28 months, we'll say, they have a really hard decision because the older people that are on their board that they know are going to leave an inheritance to them. I mean, it's a large, uh, people sign their life insurance to the, to the church as well as a beneficiary. The church can receive a ton of money from these older people that are on the board that still hold a lot of weight. But at the same time, they, the older people certainly don't want the church to get back involved with weddings again because it's too much work. You know, and then like you get into that generation, we'll say like boomer, baby boomers. <laughs> uh, I went with Joe to a church meeting and I am going to agree <laughs> with everything you just, I, I kind of felt judged. It, it was one of those older churches. Um, we sat in front of the board and I just, I listened to everything Joe was saying and you couldn't deny that what he was saying was accurate at all. He was spitting was facts. And we had a couple old ladies come right back at you and they were just set in their ways and it was mm -hmm. this and this and this and mm -hmm. our way or the highway. And I'm like, now that you say that, those are those are the three ladies leaving their inheritance to the local church. But that's the thing, like <laughs> they're not the generation that seeks to be Maybe. like to seek to understand no. before they give their part or whatever. Mm -hmm. That yeah. it's how they think and and that generation is they, they're not going to change and that's very sad because yeah. you have a very limited view if if that's how your thought process goes because you miss out on so many other things mm -hmm. that could benefit not only yourself but the others that are involved as well and yeah. potential others they're extremely comfortable and they don't want to be taken out of their comfort zone sure. and i mean this is the nicest way but they are the rock stars of the church when they go to church everybody knows them when they go mm -hmm. to church, they are they're the rock stars. They're the ones that everybody pays attention to. I mean, and again, I know a few personally that do the exact same thing, but why change? There's nothing there for them to be able to change. There's no reason for them to change. There's no reason for them to say, you know what? I see the point. We definitely need to get younger people in the church. And the easy way to get younger people in the church is open weddings back up at church again, because if we do, younger people are going to come. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can give me one, the only other, the reason, and let me, let's be very clear, the reason why the church works, and especially more toward what Aaron goes toward, is because they brought music, like really good music, mm -hmm. into yeah. church, you they know, mm -hmm. and that brought a good generation into that church, like you, let's say, you go, and it's like, this is awesome, I you know, really enjoy it, mm -hmm. versus like, oh, it's so different <laughs> and and the the pastor whoever is speaking the word has gotten so great you know so it's relatable. not yeah. it's, 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 it's definitely not like not not 23rd <laughs> but the point is it's not with a non-denominational church they don't have to stick to just one topic if you will yeah. they don't have to believe just one thing if you will they can really go broad spectrum like have fun with it and just enjoy giving a really great word and that's bringing those younger people on into that church. That's mm -hmm. fine. But that church is also not the photogenic church that they want for weddings. Right. If these older historical or architectural stained glass buildings are going to make it and we're not going to continuously evolve into the church, let's say, that Aaron goes to, they have got to allow weddings into the church to allow those younger people to get into that church. I mean, it's just, I don't know another way to be able to save those churches. 
you're making me think about like the stained glass and the pretty and, and all that stuff kind of want to ask the pastor like okay the building is very pretty but mm-hmm. it's, it's very modern looking and it's just kind of just a big building of course mm-hmm. why didn't you put any stained glass in it you know like it's, well, a it's new because building. it's made to tailor to this to this demographic the you demographic do... they're trying to go after why didn't you put any you know maybe the back of the building that you don't see from the road you know mm-hmm. <laughs> anything anything Something. i do feel like i mean and look they spend a lot of money on a lot of money on these buildings right it, I uh, mean, yes and it the, is a very the church nice that building. you go yes. to absolutely awesome building i mean it's just a great building and the facility itself is wonderful mm-hmm. and on the outside it even looks really nice i mean mm-hmm. you have the cedar outside and everything else it's just not that you know, stained glass, architecturally friendly type mm-hmm. of building, if you will. Mm-hmm. Still a beautiful building, but they yeah. did it for a reason. It definitely it resonates with the with the with the generation that they're trying to bring in. Mm-hmm. I think that's and, my generation. Yeah, and it you're really trying to bring works. in. Yeah. You know? Because your generation has the smaller has kids, which will kids. hopefully continue to bring and continuously attend. And mm-hmm. look, the whole concept makes sense. It's how do we save those other churches, the ones that are dying. I think a lot of convincing, like you said, to the older the older generation. Like, I know my parents, they got married in the church, and they were very, this was obviously like 30 years ago, but they were very <laughs> limited on what they could do. Like, ceremony, and they had, like, punch at the reception. You know what I'm saying? I'm well, not saying, this like... This is the other thing. I don't want, I'm not saying the reception needs to happen at the church. We haven't even touched on that yet, but I'm glad you brought it up. So, there's a large percentage of people that are going to want alcohol at their weddings. Yeah. And I'm not saying get, you know, I'm saying let's have the ceremony in that sacred church, if you will. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's also allow the reception to happen at our venues or yeah. any venue for that matter. And let's face it. I mean, we as a venue are not going to be upset about this. How many times do we absolutely love it whenever they get married off site and they come here just for the cocktail hour reception? I love it. Freaking <laughs> They're so love excited. It, right? the They're so excited and happy to be here. And they get more it's time to party <laughs> because they get a six hour event, right? Yep. But without the prelude and without the processional, now they have six hours to totally party, mm-hmm. to eat, to entertain, to enjoy themselves, which is the reason why all the venues that we're associated with give 10% off to the church. Oh, right. Because it's less work that we have to do. So we give this discount to the church. Do you know what the other benefit of church is? They're not taxable. So when a couple writes up an all-inclusive package at the church and they contract a venue like you would a photographer, if you will, and the couple does the all-inclusive package at the church, Uncle Sam's not getting $1,600 in taxes. That couple can save $1,600 in taxes because of the fact that it's being written up at the church because the church church is tax exempt, right? Mm -hmm. So now to get married, the same couple, picture the same couple that's getting married, let's say Bella Kalina, right? The same couple that's getting married at Bella Kalina with all the exact same stuff, they decide, hey, I want to get married at the church. They save $1,600 instantly. Mm-hmm. They get a longer party. It's mm-hmm. a lot more sacred. Yeah. Show me some cons. And you don't have the older, like if you did the ceremony here, you don't have the older 
you know, grandmas and older generation feeling like they have to stay. They don't have to come Absolutely to the reception. Absolutely not. They can go they can just leave. to the ceremony and then they don't show up for the reception, right? And that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But what cons are there? I mean, this is the way it was way back when. When you wanted alcohol, you went to an outside venue and that's perfectly fine. Now, if you don't want alcohol, if you want just a dry wedding and you're perfect with the church setting, most of them have a little reception hall that you can go into, mm-hmm. which will easily accommodate. And I don't, I don't mean little. I mean, some of them fit 200 in their reception hall. But it's a nice place to be able to have a great dinner and you still get all your outside pictures and everything. If you want alcohol or you just want a different scenery for pictures, I mean, a place like Belmont or Bella or any of them for that matter, they all have beautiful sceneries on the outside, but your ceremony happened at the church. And because of that, you saved on average $1,600, right? That, that allows for something like videography to take place, yeah. where normally maybe you couldn't afford that. Maybe that $1,600 gets you another couple nights on your honeymoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is a savings, and nobody can dispute the savings. Nobody can say, hey, well, there's no good reason to get married at church. My ass, let me tell you a bunch of good reasons to get married <laughs> at church. Because I can. I can sell anybody on the concept of it as long as the church plays ball. Mm-hmm. And the church itself, again, can make anywhere from 50000 to 150000 a year just by playing ball. And forget about that. That's small, that's small peanuts. That's nothing compared to the amount that they're going to get whenever they increase attendance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the big thing here, right? Fill up all the seats. Because yeah. if we can't fill up all the seats, then what the hell are we doing? Right. So mm-hmm. by filling up all those seats, now you have a message. Now you have a purpose by having 20, 30 people of the exact same people that have always been in there. And it's the good old boys club. Well, that does nothing for you. I mean, it's just a club. So mm-hmm. let's let's increase attendance. Let's allow the churches to be able to become what they once were and really involved with the community. Let's allow the churches to really be able to guide younger people to a better tomorrow, to have a much straighter to much, you know, a moral compass that points north versus they're like "Mm, whatever and they just kind of do whatever the hell they want to do i mean the church is there for so many things i've seen so many fires recently and when you have a church family you have a lot less to worry about Mm -hmm. when you don't have family the church family steps up and helps you out because you do have family yep so there's a lot there for the church Mm -hmm. Aaron, you're quiet on this one why no, so I'm just thinking, you know. Like, what are you thinking about? Don't think. You're talking about like church families and they help. And um, I actually, I didn't go to the church that um, I'm at currently when my church now stepped up and, and helped the local elementary school, which is where my kids go now. So that all came full circle. Um, but they were able to, let's see, they went in and completely redid the school's gym which that's a lot wow, yeah uh, redid the gym and then um my kids were there last year for pre-k they brought like snow cone trucks out for all incoming kids and stuff didn't cost the school anything and i'm like i think that is great absolutely um, that all the local people it's, it's because like you donate and mm-hmm. you know you tied and, and like you, you do all that every sunday but at the, <laughs> but then there's the critical part of me that's like wait a minute don't my taxes go to pay for the public school that my kid is at so you know what i mean <laughs> Why didn't my taxes fix the school gyms? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, but that's, that's the good what, thing though. Like even with the whole government supposed to be taking care of the schools, having uh, your community church being a part of that, you know mm-hmm. where your money I know is where going. The money went, mm-hmm. and I see it. You know, my my kids come home all excited when they had PE. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I'm glad you were able to have PE in that nice newer gym um, versus the 
the state wasn't going to pay to fix. So but it's even fine. something <laughs> as simple as like trunk or treat. I love right? those. Yes. I think they're so fun. And the churches are great for that. Yeah. Right? If there's something involved with the community, the church is usually the one to be able to step up. But mm-hmm. the church needs funding. Mm-hmm. And to get funding, it needs attendance. Yeah. So to get attendance, and again, I know I'm beating a dead horse. It needs weddings. But if somebody else can tell me a way, that a, a positive way, to be able to bring attendance to church, I'm all ears. I mean, if anybody can think of even one other way to bring younger people into churches, I'm all ears. And I think the, the older generation, like we were talking about, the baby boomers, they forget the longevity of when you have couples come to your church for a wedding and they come back, they become part of the church family. Absolutely. They have children. They'll raise their children in church, you know, bring their friends, their family, you know, and then they'll have kids. Other people will get married there, you know, their circle of friends, and they'll bring their children after they have kids. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a lifelong. It's a domino effect. Right. But we lost it somewhere along the lines. And why? The why has to be answered. And I'd love to get all 50 pastors I met with in one room and just be able to talk to everybody at once. Because eventually there has to be a turn. Eventually somebody has to cave. And I'm, you know, I constantly ask, give me an opportunity. I'm not making anything on you. If, you. if you just give me an opportunity and let me teach you how to do it, I'm literally willing to take 18 months of my life out to be able to dedicate towards you to try to get attendance up. But I need the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. So give me the opportunity and then we'll see what happens. If I'm wrong, God bless. I've been wrong from time to time. Yeah, if you're wrong, I didn't though, think error was going to work out. But she worked out great. He told me that the other day. She's <laughs> like, well, you've been a much better employee than I ever thought you would be. So. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. I'm wrong from time to time, but you I don't know, think I'm wrong on this you, one. But to tie that back to what Kristen was saying is that you've got that baby boomer generation. We had the pastor on board. He mm-hmm. was like, absolutely, I agree with you. Just come talk to these people. We'll say the rest of the people in the room were also baby boomer generation. And there was the solid three of them that were like, meh, meh, meh. And I was just like, <laughs> what is their problem? Are they hungry? Feed these people. Um, <laughs> so how do you get past that? Because like yeah. you were saying, like the longevity and they forget that. So how do you remind him? Because that's exactly what he was doing. And at one point, what that lady was talking to the other lady, mm-hmm. and I was like, <gasps> I'm so Maybe it was rude. Like, he's yeah. just blowing it off nonchalantly, and I'm you know, all mad, not saying anything over in the corner. Well, that's, I mean, I was yeah. in presentation mode like, and doing what I have Jesus, to do. Jesus, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> Jesus, it's really <laughs> sad. <though. laughs> Jesus, help! He's angry. <laughs> Literally. But when you have that, and I've seen it so many times just from my personal background, where you have a pastor that has a vision and he sees the need, Mm -hmm. but the people who are the ones who make the decisions, there's a disconnect there. Big disconnect. Big disconnect. And they're not on board. And it's so important for the people who are elected into Mm -hmm. those seats that the people that elect it, I mean, it's just like yeah, government, if you will, when you elect your officials that you want to run, you have to see what their passion is about. Does their passion align with what the pastor's vision is, what you want for your church in 20 years, 30 years, whatever the case may be. Um, because a lot of these are, a lot of the board members or whatever you want to call them are just elected because they've been there the longest or because they bring in the most money or because their family owns part of the church or whatever the case may be. And it's not a legitimate, hey, I want to bring this person forward because they really have a passion to do X, Y, Z. They really have a vision to do ABC, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But imagine having a board that doesn't agree with the pastor. 
Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. That situation wasn't he not new to newer. He was, he was newer. He was not brand new to yeah. their congregation, but he was newer. newer. Yeah, and I he think was he was growing to... within the last year, and he was trying to bring up attendance uh-huh. and trying to do what everybody's supposed to do. And it was a smaller church. I want to say mm-hmm. that maybe 150, 175 or so can mm-hmm. fit inside of it. It was um, pretty though. Mm-hmm. But it was they, pretty, and pretty. that's the big thing. And I still drive by it on Sundays, mm-hmm. and the parking lot is not full. And it's like, you know, it's just sad because I understand that the fight is I need this older lady or older gentleman's um, money whenever they pass because that's going to keep the church open. But at the same time, it doesn't solve the initial problem of attendance. It just allows that club mentality to continue on and it doesn't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to me because it could, we can solve the problem and humanity as a whole, if we were to do this and if it works out the way how we intended to do it, humanity as a whole could be in a whole different world in 10 years from now. I mean, if more, if we were back to an 80% attendance in church. Can you even fathom that idea? Like, can you fathom on Sundays that there is an 80% attendance in church in the United States? I almost wish I was at that meeting that y'all went to because I would have wanted that pastor to look at those ladies and say, if this is the decision that you are going to make, it is on your hands if we don't grow. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they don't care. The, the three that were blocking it, they don't care. Like, another, what do they have to lose? Once one they pass them, away. One of them was the ringleader. Oh, you yeah, remember absolutely. I was sitting here recalling yeah. that meeting because I put it so far. <laughs> but while she's living, oh, she's, she's living her best life. When she passes, that money goes to the church, of course. But what does she have to lose? I mean, right now, it's her world. But I wouldn't want her money. If why doesn't she want to make it better for her children well, that's and her the grandchildren? Catch. It's at what point do we stop looking out for ourselves and what we want and start making it better for the generations to come? Isn't that what we started all this for? Isn't that the reason why we have church? I mean, I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that why we go to church? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, I mean, I, I know that there's going to be some difficult ways as we navigate through church um, you know we have come a long way with same-sex couples Mm -hmm. right but in church as much as we and I also ran into this problem in church when I would bring up the topic of so do you are you okay do you accept same-sex couples and I would always get absolutely. They attend our, you know, they attend our nine o'clock, eleven o'clock, blah 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 blah. I mean, they're open with. We have our open arms for them and everything else. Cool. Do you allow them to get married here? And I heard crickets because <laughs> they don't allow them to marry at the church, but they do allow them to attend the church. And I this think, is when I'm going to go ahead and just say, yeah. so you're okay taking the money. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Because that's what it is, right? You're okay accepting tithes from these people, but you're not okay with them having their ceremony at the church. I don't think that's all pastors. Oh, no, no. It's definitely not all. I never put anything in a general term. It's uh, the ones I talk to. Yes. That was the big thing here. So when I talk to these pastors, um, except for the one board, which I didn't even get that far to be able to go that far with it. They weren't going to allow it. (laughs) There was no way to do it. (laughs) Those ladies were not going to have it. (laughs) But at the same time, has anybody, we all have a pretty good social media following. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that we saw a same-sex couple get married at the church? I don't think ever. 
Anybody else? Have, has anybody ever seen a same-sex couple You're on your friends and family? You're making me want to pull up something really quick. You can pull it up. Pull I, don't, it up. I, don't, I don't know if it was a church. Let me great. Oh, my fuck. I mean, when uh, you think about it, have you witnessed, and I'm asking anybody in the audience as well, have you, when is the last time that you saw on your timeline a celebration? <laughs> a I mean, celebration right. of marriage <laughs> at the church for a same-sex couple. So we may have come pretty far with accepting them through the doors, which I don't know why they wouldn't be, right? But at the same time, it's like, are they okay being married at the church? I think it depends on the the church as well. Like because if you're if you're going to church to keep your moral compass north, mm-hmm. then you have to. Um, take inventory of what your principles are, mm-hmm. right? So I think they, uh, the principles in, in uh, the church, they welcome same-sex couples um, to help them navigate life. Um, however, if their belief is similar to you know what mine would be, where they don't agree in you know same-sex marriages because it's it goes against their principles right it does go against the word of god and that was something that um i was i was actually talking to joe about it the other day the service that i attended this past sunday and they weren't just talking about same sex they were they were talking about things we do now that go against the bible and it was same-sex relationships, premarital sex, um, before marriage, whether it be with somebody you didn't marry or the person that you did marry. Um, he was speaking to the congregation as a whole and he's like, I'm talking to majority of you guys. Mm -hmm. He's like, either you probably, I don't know. By the way, I did not agree with this, but go ahead. (laughs) Had sex before marriage or with somebody other than your marriage partner or are in a same-sex relationship or whatever there's plenty of things that we do against the bible but we welcome you anyway mm-hmm. um I, I don't know i can't speak on behalf i've never thought to ask um if the church i go to i think he would officiate a same-sex ceremony i don't know i don't even know if they host weddings at you know the, what wedding. i'm ready for I'm re- look, they already look. I mean, they've already rewritten it once, right? I mean, in fairness, the New Testament, right? I'm ready for a new one. I'm ready for it to be written, rewritten again. What do you mean they rewrote it? Well, I mean they altered um, the Old me. Testament. Well, if you're referring to like English language, yeah, yeah, because there's okay. several okay. different words okay. in the English. Okay. That's. Are we going to say that that's at least religious? There's a cross there with mm-hmm. the Jesus fish yeah. on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my dad, Gary. Did they get married at the church? I don't know. I'll tell you why I don't know. Because when my, okay, podcast world, my dad is gay. Um, so he's married to Gary. Um, have we talked about this before? We're going to now. Um, so when they got married, same-sex marriage was not legal across the nation. Mm-hmm. It was legal in certain states. Mm-hmm. They had to go to Idaho. And they lived in Missouri. So... I, I don't Can't honestly, you just text I, them real quick? I don't know where they... Let me ask. Just text them. Where you want to call them? We'll get this answer before the podcast is over. <laughs> you sure? No, I'm going to call them on speakerphone. <laughs> we call anyway, them a back to, an old man. I am ready for us to rewrite what we knew in the past. Kristen's going to totally disagree with me on this. Totally, but yes. There's a reason for it. It's because there's... Like what we were talking about earlier in one of the earlier podcasts, which is all of the traditions that couples are forfeiting on their wedding day they simply don't apply 
to this generation. They just, we have seen a better way. Like, I mean, the simple tradition of the bride's side sits on the left and the groom's side sits on the right, and now we switch it so this way they can actually see their son or daughter's face, right? There's certain traditions that that we all know. I mean, like nookie before marriage, right? I mean, <laughs> there are certain traditions that we all know that weren't supposed to happen based on everything that we've read from the past that simply just don't. What in the hell are you laughing about? <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about free marital nookie. <laughs> Good lord. That was they anyway. just don't apply to, to today's day and age so i mean rewriting a few things that gives us guidance because that's what the bible is right it's guidance maybe 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 i hear what you're trying to say if yes. you can take the new and old testament and just make it relatable you're not changing the word that they're trying to preach mm -hmm. or like what it's founded on but some mm -hmm. of it's hard to read you know yes. what I mean? And not just mm -hmm. that, it can be deciphered 50 different ways. So many different yes. ways. I mean, so, I can tell you in one church it's being deciphered one way, in another church it's being deciphered another well, that's, way. Well, that's, that's where your religion is coming. They read it Catholic the way they want to read it. Versus Methodist, versus Presbyterian, versus Baptist. You know yeah, what I mean? It really goes back to um, how people, like you said, the, their view on how you do certain things. Now, the transliteration from one language to another, there are several different words that mean the same exact thing, but with, you know, maybe a different perspective. Like I'm looking at the wall from this way, but Kara's looking at the wall from that way, but it's the same wall. But the color is slightly different because of the angle you're looking at it from. But the color, yeah, but that's like a detail. The point is the wall. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're both looking at the same wall. The view is a little different, but the the, the object is the wall. The, the object does not change. Yeah. Um, the color of it does, um, but like rewriting the New Testament um, to take to away an easier way to understand it with today's day and age. So the principles you're not um, changing the wall, right? Not changing just the wall. The wall still there. So like, okay, so for example, not changing the Bible. Sex before marriage. What's the reason for not having sex before marriage? There's a lot of different reasons, right? Sure. Like back in the day when it was written, the principle, and there's several different principles, but you know, like in today, you have that emotional connection with someone, right? You could, uh, that the female could get pregnant, right? And well, then the whole point of sex was to procreate. Exactly. Wait, it, was, it was to reproduce. But then you go into when the Bible was written, people got married so much younger. Um, and so, I mean, there's so many different things, but the principles um, are, it's, it, that, that would be your wall. Your principles stay the same, but how you navigate. We know in this day of age, 90% of people will have sex before marriage. I mean, that's a pretty common thing nowadays. Yeah. Um, but why? Well, pleasure. Well, yes, I mean, that's just one reason, yes. <laughs> that's a big reason. <laughs> I mean, before reason, marriage, yes. and you don't want a kid, why else are you having sex? Right. Well, I, yeah, I agree. It would be pleasure, and that's why I was laughing. I was being immature over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, what is the saying? It's, oh, we're going to talk about it. We're just going to talk about it. Like, why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free? Yeah, that's and, very true. Oh, that one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reason why, well, one, it's acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. Like the person wants to be accepted in acceptance. And we've, we've now pushed sex to say, I feel accepted. If this person wants to have sex with me, they want to be with me. I hate that. Well, so it is what it just is. change? <laughs> but change? at the same time, that's part of it. And then part of it is pleasure. None of it is, you know, 
for any good reason. I mean, should you have, should you wait to have sex before marriage? Hell no. And I'm saying that, and I'm saying it really loud, because if you what? are not, if you are not on the same page sexually, you're going to have a really rough marriage. That is very true. I mean, you yeah, have to be compatible. Wait, yeah. So wait. I understand, but I'm not saying obviously just find a club and hit every single person in it. That's a bad idea too. <laughs> But at the same time, you have to be compatible in a lot of these areas if you're going to have a successful marriage. So the idea of waiting till after marriage to have sex, I mean... What if, they, if they're both waiting, you don't really know? You don't You know, don't. There's no you way still, to know. You what know, if like, one now, person... If one of you is extremely sexually experienced and the other one has waited, well, then you... Okay, what if you have two people, and this is going to be a really, really small population of the U.S., that actually wait to have sex until they're married, right? Right. But one has a high sex drive and the other one doesn't. Yep. Mm -mm. I guess you don't really know that until you're... No, 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 no. You know. You know You know when you have a high (laughs) sex drive. I mean, you know going into the marriage and you're doing self-pleasuring or whatever the case may be, but you know and the other person doesn't and has no sex drive, guess what? Your marriage is going to suffer. Right. Uh, I I do agree with that. And our goal today is to keep the marriages together, even though we constantly hit that 50% mark of sometimes they fall off and sometimes they stick together, right? But our goal is to give as many tools as we possibly can to be able to stay together. Now, I believe we have the information on wonderful Gary, which I love very much. I love Gary. It's actually my dad, Mark, who's messaging right Whatever. now. Oh, we Gary. need to meet we Mark. Love Gary. Mark. We love Gary. We love Gary. We do love Gary, and we love Mark, too. But you guys haven't met Mark. Mark, no. come meet us. Mark is my dad. Gary is Gary's always dad. around. Gary's so funny. Gary's great at volleyball. Gary's <laughs> All right, what's all right, the answer? All right, all right, Mark, you need to, Mark be my dad. I don't call it Mark. Dad, you need to come on down and play some volleyball. So I, I messaged. Um, you can give us such a short answer. No, I'm going to read it. Oh, um, <laughs> I messaged the group uh, with my with my dad and Gary. Um, it says, we're having a podcast conversation about same-sex marriage in the church. Did y'all get married in a church? Because they had a profile picture on Facebook with them in their suits in a, um, a cross with a little Jesus fish on it. So I thought it, I, I didn't go again. This was a long time ago. Um, dad said, no church didn't allow it back then. The minister actually had a place in a record store set up. Hmm. I said, Interesting. would you have gotten married in a church if they had allowed it? He said, we would have used the church as a venue, but it didn't matter. And I heart reacted. But the problem is they because had a cross love. in that love. picture. They had a cross in the picture. Mm-hmm. As much as he says, it doesn't matter. He put a cross he in between them, with the cross. and he took a picture of it. Mm-hmm. He may not want it. He may not be wanting to admit that, but it, something there symbolically meant something to him. My dad was raised in the church, so maybe. And again, it's hard for somebody when they're not being accepted into the church, saying, "I really want that, though." And that sucks. That does suck. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel for them. I feel hard for them because if they want to be a part of something, they should be a part of something, not based on how they love. Mm, you know, and to me, that's just not right. And I understand that the Bible says one thing and everything else, but at the same time, we have evolved as humans and we've evolved strong. I mean, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Imagine something we use all the day, like electronics. 
and how they've all been fitted into one piece where now we can use it to our advantage to get a word across to an, ex an extremely large audience and become a much more powerful culture than what we've ever been, a much more powerful society. But where did that first diode or resistor or whatever, how did all of that come about? Forget about all the other stuff, right? But just something as simple as that, where that's allowing us to be able to communicate much more than what we have in the past. It's we've evolved so much as humans. I mean, we are we're fatter too. I mean, we're bigger, <laughs> we're taller. Is, is that why? You know, there's so much. Going to church, we're heavier now. <laughs> I mean, there's so much that we've evolved in as humans, and this is just the next step. I mean, we we need church. I'll be the first person to say that we need church and we need that word and we need that guidance and we need that help whenever we truly need it. And church allows for that family to take place. But look at all the people who aren't going, how much attendance is down and how much they're losing. And they don't even know they're losing it. That's the worst part. Mm -hmm. That's the sad part. But somebody like Gary will say who we're talking about. He literally took a picture with a cross in the backdrop between them on their wedding day. Yeah. So there's something to be said about that. And currently, again, I haven't seen it on my timeline. I'm sure we can Google and find somebody, but, and it comes down to the type of church. I mean, it could be somebody actually started their own church, you know, but it, for, the, for the majority, how many same-sex couples are getting married at church? But at the same time, how many same-sex couples are there? There is a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Do we know what the percentage is? Does somebody want to Google it really quick and find that out? I have a zero signal. I guess I just, I, my question for the church would be that if, you know, you don't want to allow same-sex marriage in the church because it goes against the Bible, mm -hmm. but so does sex before marriage, mm -hmm. but you'll let that same, not the same, like the heterosexual couple get married who did have sex before marriage, that also goes against the Bible. It seems hypocritical. I think a lot, like a, the big picture is, um, like your preacher was preaching about, you know, but Just we love you anyway. Being there. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like um, I was talking to someone earlier this morning, and uh, he was saying, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, as far as I could be as bad as bad as bad or as good as good as good, God's still going to love me either way. He's not going to love me any more for being better, and he's not going to love me any less for being bad, right, or for making bad decisions or whatever the case may be. His love stays the same. Yeah. And I think us as people should apply that same principle. You know, we all fail. We are never going to achieve that perfect stature that we all strive for. But to realize that everybody has something that they struggle with and that we need one another. Yeah. You want to know what the answer is? I can't yes. find it. So, yes. <laughs> so it says, and this is just going off of the Census Bureau in a quick, quick Google search, so I don't know how accurate this is, but it says um, that there are 28% same-sex couples living together. 28%. Living together. That's what I saw. Living, living together. together. I didn't Not necessarily marriage married. and everything else, but same-sex couples living together. So I don't know. And again, I don't know how many of the same-sex couples are married living together, but just living together, we're looking at 28%. I don't know the name of that website. What are we on? Wall Street Journal. Well, that's that's not. That's pretty. Yeah, that's kind of far. Something I saw. <laughs> it said um, it was like 718,000. 
So I mean, that's total, still but the five hundred thousand were not married. Good population mm-hmm. that just may not have the relationship that they may want with the church, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's another sad thing. But either which way, we are we are carrying on now. So, anyway. so let's talk about why we feel churches have steered away from weddings. Wow, I think crickets. I think they just <laughs> weddings have evolved. We've talked about this before, Joe. Where what is a wedding? today was more what was that you used to compare it to what elopements were so i feel personally that they have steered away from weddings because of how much work it is i agree Mm -hmm. i feel like they feel that most of the couples want alcohol at their weddings and they can't have that at the church of course whenever they do a reception at the church and just so we're clear we're not looking for the church to hold the entire wedding at the actual church what we're looking for the church to do is hold the prelude and processional that's it and then if there's no huh ceremony processional ceremony processional (laughs) processional ceremony recessional there you go (laughs) bam so the whole they don't want to hold the ceremony <laughs> just saying processional okay you do know a processional is a ceremony right yeah i do it's okay just part of the ceremony yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's the actual it's like leading into the actual oh, ceremony okay. processional I mean, processional ceremony is the middle of it if you can't have a ceremony without a processional <laughs> right but you can't can't end one without a recessional yeah you gotta have a recessional as well hmm. interesting okay <laughs> so we're gonna go with it next topic <laughs> why would you have a processional without a ceremony you wouldn't so but not everybody knows weddings joseph hmm. <laughs> so do we need to dissect what a ceremony entails so <laughs> jinx we are looking for these we are looking for the churches to be able to hold the prelude the processional the ceremony and the recessional if we're going to be really really okay yeah and then that's it they're done they they have no more we're not i mean most couples want alcohol at their wedding right Mm -hmm. so and and i want to say it's like what would you say the numbers here at bella kalina maybe 20 percent 15 percent don't maybe maybe 20 what about belmont maybe 20 i think probably 25 yeah so i mean it's not a high number but those people in theory could have the reception Mm -hmm. at the church if the church has a hall or a really nice auditorium to have the whoops i'm sorry uh, a hall or in something an auditorium or something to have that reception then in fairness they could have the reception at the church but mm-hmm. what we're looking for the church to do is just do the the what do we want to call it the holy part the um the holy, the sacred everything part. before the reception so we're not going to name like processional ceremony recessional okay so everything before the reception (laughs) is what we want the church to do and have fun with it and get people to connect with the church Mm -hmm. not just you know the the older people if you will but allowing that younger generation to really see what church is all about and how it is togetherness and unity and another family and a lot of really cool stuff can happen there if you just open up your mind and the door to your car to be able to get there then <laughs> can i just say nice. from a venue standpoint that we love the church Absolutely don't get me do. wrong we love hosting ceremonies here too but it's when I, I love church ceremonies and you know venue receptions 
it's twofold for me because one, it is easier on our staff not to hold the ceremony here. Way easier. Um, and then you get like your six hour celebration versus us having to account for that in your six hour event. We no longer have to account for the ceremony time. So you actually get to party longer. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, logistically it is easier on the venue team, but I love like add me on Facebook after your wedding so I can creep all your photos because <laughs> you know, the, think about, um, it was Natalie and Steve's wedding the, at the Catholic church. Yeah. They had the ceremony. Beautiful, <coughs> be beautiful church. Mm -hmm. um, Our Lady of Grace. Yeah, okay, we're going to name it. Um, <laughs> so, be beautiful church. So she has all of those photos, and she has all the beautiful Bella Kalina photos. She got the best of both worlds. She did. And it's like, you know, they came here, they had a great time, but they had a beautiful church ceremony. So, you know, from the couple's perspective, I did not have a church ceremony, but I'm like, dang. Those pictures are so <laughs> I'd like some of those. And it is a longer day for the guests. It's a longer day. I think we can agree to that. Um, it's more of a celebration, but we've proven, again, I keep going back to the Indian weddings, that the longer the celebration is, the more the family are involved, the less mm -hmm. the divorce rate is. It's pretty simple. It's more how much are we willing to give this couple. But yeah. As far as church ceremonies go, yeah, I mean, we love it whenever they get married off-site and then they come to us to be able to party. We have zero problems being able to do the ceremony and enjoy the ceremony, but it is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And it is a way for the couple and their congregation congregation <laughs> to connect with the church. Now, some photographers don't love church. There, so, there's some restrictions on with flash and everything yeah, else, and, and like where how they close can stand. they can approach, yeah. where they can stand. So they may not get as many photos of the actual ceremony, depending on the church, as far as close up and all the angles and everything, because mm -hmm. they're just not allowed to. But other than that, there's really no negatives, is there? I agree. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I don't think there's any negatives. I feel that going back to like being together longer at the Indian wedding theory you're going with i feel like the church ceremony coming to the reception i feel like it's so much more like community and family oriented mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes they're at each other's throats when they're here all day not that that doesn't mean that they're family oriented however mm -hmm. i feel like that it's more they just seem so much happier when they come straight from the church now okay. if i told the couple any couple that i could include videography if you just get married at the church how many would say Shit, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. How many would say yes? Do you think that that would be enough motivation for them to want to get married at church? I think it would be some motivation. Mm -hmm. I think it's, that's going to be coupled specific. Mm -hmm. I mean, for somebody who's maybe on a tight budget, if what? I said, how about not videography? What if I said, I can save you $1,620 on average by getting married at the church? I, think I, mean, I guess like, I would oh, say, okay. what's the catch? The catch is church doesn't pay taxes. Well, I know that. I, I, I kind of know and what the, the catch is. And the couple does. Like, if you're like, you have to get up there and say a bunch of things maybe you don't believe in. Well, I mean, you want to go to the church that makes sense for you, right? right. I mean, there's plenty of non-denominational churches out mm -hmm. there that can get you married and do everything and not like force one particular religion down your throat. Sure. But at the same time, you choose to work you choose the church that works for you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'd say if that were the case, you know, you, you are actually like getting a say in the church that works for you. I think it would probably $1,620 they save on average by using a boss church versus getting married in one of the boss venues. 
That's a big number. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about that. Yeah. So if that's motivation, then that's great. But if, is, is it more than that? Because after marriage, if we're looking at that standard couple, maybe they don't have children yet, they are probably going to want to be like Aaron and bring the kids to church mm-hmm. once you know that happens. And if that's the case, they need a home. What better home than the place that they said, I do? Right there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of perks that we can create and we can get people back in church if we truly wanted to. So how comfortable (laughs) would you feel, Kara, knowing the fact that you are married to your beautiful wife? How comfortable would you have felt instead of having that ceremony overlooking a gorgeous lake? It was here, Isabel that... Kalina. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know. Out, <laughs> How would you feel having that same ceremony with, obviously, a much better officiant in a church? <laughs> I feel like if myself or Kristen had... Kristen, my wife, not Belmont. Kristen sitting right next to me. There's too many Kristens in this equation. Um, if we had a church that we called home, then yes, but neither of us really do. So, yes. If and we do you have, not call a church home just because you feel uncomfortable with the church or just because you haven't seeked out a home yet? Yes, both. <laughs> I think <laughs> you guys should come with well, I, Y'all work a lot of Sundays, but <clears throat> I feel confident that I y'all would be Jesus comfortable where, <laughs> with everybody else. <laughs> I feel confident that you'd feel comfortable at my church. Side note, there are some officiants that I feel like they are preaching while they're um, doing ceremony. Oh, absolutely. Now, I will say, Miss Dot was awesome. When I had a conversation with Miss Dot, Miss Dot is this 91-year-old firecracker. (laughs) She's um, hilarious. She brought soup yesterday. It was so sweet. She did bring Um, soup yesterday. Dot, bring me some soup. Bring some soup to Bella. She lives on the side of Belmont. She's absolutely awesome. She has an extremely open mind. Um, And I had a full-blown conversation with her as we're driving one hour, basically, throughout the day. And part of it was, how open is your church to same-sex marriages? And she says, we love everybody. So tell them to come on over to our church, and we will show them how much we love them. And this is a 91-year-old lady, the same 91-year-old lady that was sitting in front of us at the other church that was booing us and talking over us and talking to each other and basically just being rude while we were there trying to pitch boss. You remember? Yes, but yeah. I mean, same generation, yes, but same 110% different. Can we go back to that church and take Miss Dot with us? She would, she would she run would the day. Miss Dot said, I hope you bring me to the next church. Oh, we need to. Definitely. So... There's a lot to talk about with church, and I'm sure we'll hit another podcast, but for right now, just know the goal is what we're looking for is we're looking for churches with an open mind. We are work, we are looking for churches that want to get back into weddings. We are charging you absolutely nothing because we believe in what we're doing for the church, and that's going to be a much greater good than any dollar amount that we could make, and we're actually going to bring income into the church. If this is something that you feel like you are interested in, make sure you reach out to us. If not, then say lovey and use your Hail Mary to... Uh... <laughs> Do you ever see those ha- churches listed on Zillow and people are turning them into yes. houses? Yeah. I don't want to cool. see your church be turned into a house. We don't so want to see a church turned into a <laughs> house. Those houses are beautiful. They are beautiful. I would, enter- I would entertain the idea. But I think we've hit home with it where we all know that my thoughts any which way which is i would i'd 
I want to rewrite the Bible and no, I'm <laughs> not sure. I want to get church involved with weddings again and I want to increase attendance at church and I think there's many ways that we can do that but it'll be for another journey starting up in December we are going corporate and we are going to be uh, hitting one church at a time again until we finally make the journey that we need to have happen with the churches happen so until anybody else have anything else to say I've enjoyed this podcast so. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoy yourselves. We've got another one coming. Bye now.